You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On NBA podcast where we cover everything going on around the NBA that you need to know. And you might be realizing that this is not the normal duo for your Tuesdays on Locked On NBA because today it is a change-up. It's happening for you today. I'm Tony East, the host of Locked On Pacers, and with me to break down all the crazy news, Kemba Walker, Bench, Joe Harris has surgery, a lot of crazy games in the league tonight, Big Dave himself from Locked On Bulls. How you doing, man? I'm beautiful, sir. I have a question for you, though. Tell Let's go. Me, uh, those lights in the back, when did you put them up? Uh, I, I don't want to tell you for sure, but uh, a long time ago, several long, days ago, okay. several weeks ago. So so you are you a Christmas person? Is that what I that am. Is? I am. Two days okay. after Halloween, they went up. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're not playing around. Okay. You're not I'm playing. not playing around. This, this is the that. tamest room in my house, too. It, it's much crazier. <laughs> If I go in other places, there's wrapping paper behind me on the bed. You can't really see it. Stop playing. Oh, uh, man. Uh, yeah. I like this. Uh, I like this. I'm, pre- I'm prepped for the holidays. You know who, unfortunately, is not looking like he's going to be prepped for the holidays is Kemba Walker because, wow, 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 what a surprising day in New York as Tom Thibodeau announces that not only is he moving Alec Burks into the starting lineup for the Knicks to be their new starting point guard, which – that is not surprising. Alec Burks has right. been pretty good this year, and the Knicks have played sure. well with him on the court. Kemba Walker is completely out of the rotation for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Not not going to the bench. Completely out of the rotation. Stunning for such a big-name signing for them. What was your initial reaction when you heard that Kemba's not going to be playing for the Big Apple team anymore? Uh, my initial reaction is Tibbs is tibbing. That's that's exactly what I thought. Uh, being a Bulls fan, this is this is par for the course for me. You know, watching Tibbs do stuff like this. Year one Tibbs is always the best. He's always awesome. It's always great. Year two Tibbs is when he starts digging in and start doing things that most people might not agree with. It might be a little different and things like that. And then it just kind of declines as it goes down. But he's still an excellent coach. But he will do things like this, man. I didn't think the Kimba, Kimba Walker thing was going to work when they signed him. He is not a, th- a Tibbs guy at all. It's not his style. But, man, I didn't think he would say, yo, you're not playing anymore. You're not in the rotation at all. But, yeah, man, Tibbs is going to Tibbs, man. It's what he does. He will do whatever it takes to have his team win, unless it's Ben Jelford Payton last year, apparently. But uh, <laughs> no, no problems moving Kemba to, to out of the rotation completely. It, that's what's so stunning about this. It's not like he mm. got demoted. They just said, no, nah, you're not playing anymore. And and I, right. I can't defend him playing because, like I said, Burks has been good for this team. Emmanuel quickly looks awesome every single time I watch the Knicks play. Derrick Rose is probably their best player this season. He's been killing it off the bench for that team. So how do you even fit Kemba in? Fournier's got to play. His defense and shooting is important when he does play. Mm-hmm. And Kemba only at 12 points per game, shooting the three ball well, but not doing a ton else at the level you expect from him. I mean, it's, it's weird because I think his name's carrying all the weight because if you just look at it on paper, it's not that surprising. But at the same time, it's like, I can't believe they actually did it. Yeah, but Tib, you got to know, Tim, Tibbs values hard work and defense. He likes offense. That's really cool, and all that stuff is nice. But hard work and defense is what his heart, what he uh, hangs his hat on all the time, man. So that is not Kimball Walker. <laughs> he's not a defensive guy. He hasn't been one since he's been in this league. He's a scorer. And like you said, his three-point percentage has been awesome. When he played the Bulls, he was on fire. I think he had 19 points. He was on fire from the three-point line. But Tibbs doesn't matter with that, man. Um, if you're not playing defense out there, he's going to put you on the bench. He's going to find somebody else to score. 
What do you think this does for the Knicks and their ability to get better going forward? Because I think some of it, too, is he doesn't fit with Randall very well at all. Like, the Knicks have done mm-hmm. okay when mm-hmm. Kemba plays without Randall. It's only been a few minutes, so I, I'm a little overblowing it. But those minutes have gone okay. I think they kind of – the ball sticks to both of them too much in a way that they don't fit very well together. So this could maximize Randall a little bit. Obviously, you get the players for playing better in there. How much do you think this could help that team? Uh, it's going to help them defensively because – I'm sure you've seen when Burke is out there, they look good. They look solid. And like I said, he plays defense and he's an effort guy who can also score and he's athletic. But that starting five they had with Kimba out there, they played the most minutes of any starting five uh, when Kimba was out there. But they were also one of the worst starting fives. (laughs) The The worst. The The worst. Excuse me. The worst starting five in the NBA, man. So, yeah, man, Kimba. He's got to have – he's always been that guy that it has to be built around him. I don't think he's ever been one of those guys that has been around another star player. If you notice, when he started getting around star players is when his decline kind of started, right? When he went to Boston and got around those guys, he didn't know how to fit in. Now he's here in New York around another all-star. He doesn't know how to fit in because he has to be that that kind of dude. Man, I don't know what's going to happen with him going forward if he's going to have to get on the – a team like the Rockets or, a team, you know, a team that's just at the bottom of the barrel or something like that again. But something's got to happen because he is a talent. Like, it's not like he can't play basketball. He is a talent. But, man, dude, Tibbs values that hardworking defense, man. And, and that's just not Kimball. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with all that. And and it's weird because and one part of my brain wants to be like, yeah, he'll be back in the rotation eventually. But may, maybe not. Maybe the Knicks just get a lot better and they don't play him anymore. So then you got to think about what's next for Kemba. Like you mentioned other teams, like do they do they trade him? They just signed him, but if yeah. he's not part of their plans and their rotation, why would they keep him around? So Seriously, yeah. I, I, I don't want I don't like thinking about trades this early in the season. It's still November for Pete's sake, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. mean that, that might be what it comes to at some point for the Knicks this season if it heads that way. I, it's weird to think about what could be next for a guy that was an all-star in Boston just like two seasons ago. Yeah, that's so crazy, right? Exactly. Like what can he be thinking right now? Kemba like, dude, I'm at home. He's playing for his hometown team, the Knicks. This is exciting. And you get to your hometown and they're like, yeah, sit down. <laughs> You're not going <laughs> to play anymore. In front of Madison Square Garden? Man, dude, that's that's got to hurt. That's got to be tough, man. But I don't know how he's taking I haven't heard what he's had to say about it. I would love to hear what he has to say about it. But, man, that's I'm sure right. it hurts, man. Yeah. Yeah, that that too, like from the Bronx, love to get on the Knicks and then did not play. Huge bummer yeah. for him. I hope he speaks well about it. I mean, he's been a class dude his whole career. True. So I'm sure true. I'm sure yeah. he'll go to bat for the Knicks, but I mean, I, I wonder how he feels privately. In much lesser news out of New York, this is bigger news because the Nets are title contenders, but okay. Joe Harris is having surgery on his ankle and he's going to be out like four to eight weeks. First of all, that's a really wide span. Like one of those is he's back by Christmas and the other one is he's back by Valentine's Day. Like that's a really big difference. But that, you know, Joe Harris was a lemon in the playoffs last year. Completely useless. Yes. Completely useless. But Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of made people lower on him than he actually, like he's good, man. He's hitting 47% of his threes this year. Still taking six per game. One of the Nets, Best offensive players just because he's a good shooter. Uh, do you feel like this is a hic- uh, just going to be a hiccup for the Nets? you think this is actually a big loss? Anything super noteworthy here or just a role player getting hurt? Um, I think it's a role player getting hurt, but it's it's going to hurt in some instances. Like you said, he is their best three-point shooter, especially during the regular season. 
but my God, they got Kevin Durant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they'll yep. be okay on that kind of level, but it's still going to hurt. You're losing a score. You're losing somebody that can, you know, spread the floor. You're losing somebody that defenses have to account for. So now when you have to double team guys like Durant, you got to double team guys like Harden, who are they going to kick it out to? Well, that just means Patty Mills and guys like that are going to have to now step up. But anytime you lose a shooter, and I mean a, a legitimate straight up shooter like that, that a regular season shooter like that, it's going to affect you in some kind of way. But like I said, you got KD. Like, you'll be all right. Still got KD. Patty Mills is hitting 50% from deep this season. Just, just, dude can't miss. Like, they're, they're still second in the league in three-point percentage. Marcus Aldridge just is knocking down threes like crazy. He's like, yeah, what is that? that yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. They got KD and James Harden. They'll be fine. But yeah, certainly yeah. a blow. The thing about the Nets is – you know, if they had started awesome, like everybody thought they'd be amazing, and they're 14 and 6, they're still awesome, but they lost three of their first five. Like, if they got out to a better start, they'd have a little bit better cushion. Then you just say, hey, whatever, he'll be back by the playoffs. But right, now they still right. got to think about Chicago and Philly yeah. and all these teams that are pushing them for seeding. That's where Joe Harris being out can hurt, is they might have to push a lot harder to get that home court in the playoffs if, if it comes to that later this season. Oh, yeah, it's going to be more minutes on the floor for those guys we just mentioned. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure guys like KD and Harden are going to want to get their rest uh, at some point during this regular season, man. So 48 weeks, is that's not that's not a short amount of time and an ankle for a guy whose whole game is, you know what I'm saying, coming off screens, you know what I'm saying, and running around and, you know, finding himself open and things like that. That's going to take a while to get, you know, reacclimated, you know what I'm saying, out there to the game. So, that's going to be interesting to watch too when he once he gets healthy. And I'm hoping I'm hoping it's closer to four weeks than it is eight weeks. But it's whatever it takes. It's still going to take an additional week or two for him to get comfortable back to where he was because he's got to do a lot of running around and that's an ankle. So yeah, it's going to take him a minute. I like getting injury timelines, but if it's that vague, just don't tell me. Just say indefinitely. <laughs> really? <laughs> just say like indefinitely? Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I heard a comedian time. talk about this. He okay. said that he was he was at the store and they were selling steaks and the and the packaging said uh, two to nine pounds. It's like obviously I want nine, you know, like right, that. Right. That's a huge spread, right? Like four to eight <laughs> weeks is kind of the same thing in my head. I'm like, this is dumb. Don't tell me that. Uh, we got to talk about the actual basketball games that happened yesterday. A lot of fun games, a lot of huge games from some random guys. Valanciunas looking like the best player in the league last night. I mean, he looked great. So lots of fun action to get to. But first. Mr. Big Dave, let's talk about the good people over at Truebill because a lot of free trials renew without your consent. It's a business scam that's out to get you. you got to not let those greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year per year with Truebill. I know what I can do a lot with $720 more a year. These companies just make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts. Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. They have over 2 million users and help them save over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA, all one word. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA can save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. A lot of big nights, a lot of fun games today. The Houston Rockets are somehow on a three-game winning streak. It's a crazy time around the NBA right now. But I think the game of the night is one that Dave will know very well as the host of Lockdown Bulls. 
And that is because it was brother, a uh, brother, mano, a uh, mano, Hornets, Bulls, Lonzo versus LaMelo. And yeah. obviously the brother story is really cool, sure. but they're both killing it this year. One and two, both of those teams are good. They're top of the mm-hmm. East. They're looking solid. Uh, Bulls end up cruising. It looked a little close for a little bit there, but the Bulls end up winning by 14. What can you mm-hmm. tell me about Bulls Hornets? Uh, well, first of all, I call it the ball bowl. So we sat there and we watched the, and we watched the ball bowl. Um, it was great to see that, man, because you just saw those backyard battles happening while you were watching them play. Like you just saw brother on brother and nobody wanted to give an inch, man. And when Lonzo got a block on LaMelo, that was great. When LaMelo hit him with a step back, like that was awesome, too. And LaMelo, like he had a great game. Yeah, You know, I think he had 18, 7 and 13 assists. And Lonzo uh, had 16 and eight, eight assists, man. And he had a killer three uh, that just, you know, sealed the game at the end, man. He was also four or six from the uh, three-point line. So, man, it was great to watch, but it was all about Vooch. It was all about Vooch and how he dominated 30 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, six or six from the three-point line. He was amazing tonight. 83 points by the big three for the Chicago Bulls tonight of that 133 points they scored. It was a great, it was a great game for the Bulls overall, man. And now we get a rest for two days, so it's a good thing. Not to get too nitty gritty on the Hornets, but like their interior defense is so bad. Like they're mm-hmm. really fun. Lamelo's awesome. Their young dudes can jump out of the gym, but yeah. I can't take them seriously as a contender with Mason Plumley's terrible perimeter <laughs> interior defense. Not that Vooch isn't awesome; he does this against lots of teams, but mm-hmm. when they get punked by post players. It seems like every game. I mean, yeah. Scary Terry gave them everything. He was unbelievable. He had 31 points at six threes. LaMelo mm-hmm. was still good. He had 18 and 13. Like, they got a lot of good performances from their key guys and just got totally punked because they have no interior defense. I think that's something they got to clean up if they want to be taken a little more seriously as a contender yeah. in this East this year. Oh, no question about it, man. Like, you can only rely on certain things for so long, but – my gosh, like that it's a it's a simple move they can make. You know what I'm saying? You're just looking right at that problem. You're like, you know, just give them a big man and let them run. You know, preferably somebody that can run, because you know LaMelo is, is all about that life right there. But they're a good team. Even with that said, this is still a very, very good team, a team that most teams are gonna have an issue with basically because of how they run. And PJ Washington and his three-point shooting is also amazing as well. But, yeah, man, they're a good team, man. But that little problem right there, that's going to stop them from winning quite a few games this year. But they're going to win quite a few games at the same time. There's a game I'm excited to rewatch. I only caught a little bit of it. But the rematch of the Jokic shoving match game was last night. Denver, Miami, unfortunately not quite the buzz. No Markeith Morris. Jimmy Butler ends up not playing. Uh, The whole Nuggets team is out. This was their first game since it was announced that Michael Porter Jr., would be out for maybe the whole season with his back injury. Really, really terrible for the Nuggets injury situation. But Jokic returns from injury and just absolutely dominates the Heat. Kyle Lowry plays, Bam Adebayo plays. That's still a good Heat team. Jokic mm-hmm. goes 24-15-7, and seven, plus 17. Oh. Nuggets roll the Heat. Very injured. You feel like the Nuggets can still kind of sneak in, make some noise in the playoffs with all these injuries? Yeah, like you, you got the MVP on your team. You're a threat. <laughs> like that's just the rules. That's how that's that goes, right. man. So, and I like the fact Jokic came back in this game. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. he probably could have came back the previous game. It was like, nope, I'm coming back for this one in your hometown. I will be there because I'm about that life too. And I wanted. I don't know what the issue was with Jimmy Butler. Why he didn't play? I don't know if he was hurt. Or he was just resting or anything like that. But I remember him saying, I had this circled on my calendar. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to go out here and do it. And then he didn't show up. And I wanted him to be out there, you know what I'm saying, for that game. But the Heat, 
were just completely off, man. And that at that first half, I mean, they were what six to twenty-five from the three-point line in the first half, man. Like they they just did not have it tonight. And I mean, they got taken full advantage of, man. Great defense also by Denver, man. They came out and they set the tone early on them, man, and they never let up. Yeah, they had uh, seven guys in double figures. Denver did. They shot 51% from three. That's oh. a nice winning formula. They play like that every game. They'll obviously win. That's insane shooting. But, yeah, what, what? just boss from Jokic to come back for this game. Jimmy Butler was out with a tailbone injury. doesn't sound like something mm-hmm. that will last a long time. But, yeah, what a, what a performance from this Nuggets team. And they, they were without Murray a lot last year, too, and yeah. still were able to be pretty excellent for a long time. And I know that – you know, obviously the injuries really cap what they can do in the playoffs, but I still think they're as long as Jokic is playing, they're a pretty dangerous regular season team. And I think we'll see more games like this where you go, oh wow, the Nuggets smoked whatever good team, and it's going to be Jokic yeah. just putting up insane stats. Got that right, man. And you know what's wild about it is they they still don't have Jamal Murray back. Like he's still not out yeah. there yet, and there's still a threat every single time. Because and also great coaching, also man. Let's not let's not sell them short on that either. But, man, it all starts with Jokic. This dude is special. He's incredible. And I just love watching him play because you just look up and you're like, wait, when did he get 30, 12, and 12? Like, when did that happen? Like, he's an amazing basketball player, man. But kudos to them, man, and how they're playing. But they are definitely a threat as long as Jokic is out there for sure. Pacers-Timberwolves was a game that happened. Um Sabonis, <laughs> Sabonis was unbelievable for the Pacers. Yeah. Miles Turner was out, so he got to play a ton of minutes at center. He had 25 rebounds. Uh, I think it was the, like the third triple-double with 25 rebounds ever. He was wow. insane, plus 17 in 36 minutes. And the Pacers lost because they got smoked when he was out of the game. Carl Anthony yeah. Towns was scoring over a bunch of short dudes. Anthony Edwards took off in the third quarter, and the Pacers now – have seven losses by less than five points this season. It's still November. They have seven losses by less than five points. It's the same story for this team. They need a closer. They need a better end-of-game strategy, or else they are going to look way worse than everybody thought this season. Do you have any thoughts on this Timberwolves-Pacers game? Oh, yeah, for sure. That third quarter, watching Anthony Edwards in that third quarter, man, was vicious. I believe he had 11 in that third and a couple steals and some vicious, vicious dunks as well, man. But they really took that over in that third because that first half, they were struggling. I mean, the Pacers were giving it to them real nice in that first half, man. But that third quarter is when those teams and they, those guys take over games right there. And you saw Anthony Edwards do that for sure. But I say this about your Pacers, man. I like your pace. Like, I like that team because that team is all, listen, since the 90s, they have always been tough and they've always been annoying. And I mean that in a nice way. They've always been annoying. <laughs> and I mean, they just get on your nerves with how physical they are. But they're also athletic, and they can also shoot the three. They have been, had that same kind of formula since, like, Chuck Person was in on that team, man. Look at you. They have always been that way, man. But, no, they I've always liked that team. Sabonis is vicious. I've been trying to get Miles Turner on the Bulls for about a year now. I love Miles Turner. When he gave his – when he taught himself a three-point shot, I was like, oh, my God, this dude is awesome. I love Miles Turner, man. Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is the definition of underrated – because everybody just overlooks him. And every time you look up, he's averaging like 26 and 6. Every single time. Like, he is just awesome. And you also got one of my favorite players in Karis LeVert. I love Karis LeVert, man. So, I like your paces, except when they play my Bulls. But I like <laughs> I like the paces a lot, though. I really do. I They're closer to figuring out than their record suggests. But at some point, that doesn't matter. They actually have to win the games yeah, at some true. point, right? When you're 9 and 14, it 
doesn't matter what people think of you. You got to actually win the games, and they have not done that so far. Good point. To our last fully Eastern Conference game, talking about the Magic is pretty tough. Um, but the big story for them, Jalen Suggs getting hurt. Sounds like he might be out for a little bit with a thumb thing in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Sixers were awful. They played horrible. They shot 40%. They missed a bunch of free throws. They had 10 turnovers. And they still won because the Magic are not very good. And they have Joel Embiid on their team who, even on a terrible Joel Embiid night, was still a plus one. Really, Seth Curry was the reason the Sixers were able to beat the Magic by five at home. They did not play well at all, but Seth Curry uh, had 24 points and led the way. I, yeah. the, I think the story for me, though, sucks. It's going to suck to watch the Magic without him. I mean, all their fun young guys are hurt now. It, it's really unfortunate for Orlando. Yeah, man. Like, this is what happens to a young team. This is what happens to a young up-and-coming team, man. You deal with stuff like this. Like, you look at all the pieces they have, and you're like, wow, this is young and exciting. These guys are athletic. They look awesome. But they just can't win and they just can't stay healthy. That is really what happens all the time to these kind of teams. And but I give them a lot of credit because I've that first half, I mean, they were getting smoked. And I believe what they have uh eight turnovers I saw they had in, in the first half. They finished with 12. <laughs> like that is awesome, man. They came out in that third quarter and they played very, very well and they took that lead. And I mean Wagner, Wagner was just great for them. I believe 27. what 27. Six and five. Am I right about that? Correct. 27, six and five. Yeah, man. He looked awesome out there, man, playing for them. So shout out to the Magic, but they're just still young right now, man. They don't have that thing yet. And that three-point shooting was gone with Suggs. I believe they were eight of 33 uh, shooting from the three-point line, man. They just were gone from the three-point line. But Anthony being out, now Suggs being out. I mean, it's just the injuries are piling up, man. It's going to take its toll on a young team like that, especially when your star's out like that. Yeah, for, for both teams, it's kind of like who they are, right? For yeah. for the Sixers, right, Embiid and Tyrese Maxey combined to shoot 6 for 28, and they still win. Like, yeah. good yeah. teams find a way to win that game. For the Magic, you have a lot of guys in double figures. Uh, mm-hmm. Franz has an unbelievable game, and you still lose because you're a young team who's still finding the ways to win. I think we just kind of saw both teams be the teams that they've been all year. Let's move out west. Uh, we have, I think, four, five more games featuring a lot of Western right. Conference teams. But before we do that, let's talk about the good folks over at BetOnline.ag who have you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do when you sign up is use the promo code Locked On. All one word, you'll receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Whatever you like, they've got it at betonline.ag. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. I teased it earlier, Dave, but the Houston Rockets... Houston, we no longer have a problem. I've won three games in a row. They were 1-16, oh and 16, and now they're winning games. I can't believe it. It's it's crazy to see this Rockets team winning. John Wall did not play today. Still don't really know when he'll get back into this rotation. Sounds like the Rockets are trying to figure that out. But Kevin Porter Jr. triple-double the Rockets. Hilariously, if you haven't seen the clip, please find it on the internet. He had nine rebounds, and the Thunder missed a shot, and they all got back on defense. So the ball was just sitting there, and all the Rockets cleared out. So KPJ could get his triple double. Very cool team what? moment. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, man. they cleared out and let him get it. it <laughs> anyone could have got it on the Rockets, and they all cleared out for him to get his triple double. But yeah, oh. it was cool to see Christian Wood was excellent, twenty four and twenty one. Yeah, are the Rockets man. actually surging here? Or are they just uh, 
playing the team like the Thunder? What do you feel? Oh man, ooh, that is a great question. I I wanna I'm gonna give them credit and I'm gonna say it's a surge because again, they also beat us. <laughs> they beat the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they did beat the Bulls to, to stop their 15 game skid. And I mean, they beat us with guys, you know. You can show me 14 pictures of them and put them in front of the lineup. I still wouldn't know who they are. But it was awesome, man. Like I was like, okay, well, fine. They stole one from us, but they let that carry over. But Christian Wood, and like you just mentioned, 24 and 21. This dude is the real deal, man. He is awesome to watch play basketball. And they overcame how they struggled in that first half. Because, they, you know, but I like the fact they weren't turning the ball over a lot. Because I believe they had six in that first half total, man. Like, I always look at that. With a young team, and they ended up with what 13? Like 13 turnovers is pretty good. You know what I'm saying? For a team that young, for a team with that kind of loss right there. And but I'm gonna call it a surge. I'm gonna give them that love, man, and say it's a surge. And I would like to see it continue as long as it's not against the Pacers or Bulls. <laughs> yeah, it's good for them. They need these kind of wins as as a as a younger growing team. You gotta you yeah, gotta show yeah. everybody how they can win and how to go on a streak and how you maintain it, right? Like the Pacers haven't even won three games in a row this season, Houston already. Mm. You know, showing that kind of stuff off. Shea just got back from his injury, 22 points in this one. They got 17 from Trey Mann and Isaiah Roby off the bench. The rest of the Nuggets, or excuse me, the Thunder starters, not named Shea Gilgis Alexander, combined for 15 points. Oh. 15 points. That's it. They are obviously rebuilding. It just sometimes I hate watching these studs go out there with without the right tools to get the win. So, uh, yeah, the Thunder are not going to be very good unless Shea can carry them to more impressive <laughs> Shout out to Lou Dort, though, man. That is my guy. I, I'm a fan of Lou Dort and watching him play. And I don't know who the tall, lanky guy they have on their team, but I like him, too. The guy who looks like he pushes the barnacles at Disneyland or something. Like, <laughs> he's awesome, man. I like that dude, man. So, But, yeah, they're, they're, they have pieces. Like, they have that talent. And you know they have 8 million draft picks as well. So they're playing for the future, like you said, man. But they're a rebuilding team. So it's not going to be great to watch all season. Can I tell you something crazy? Uh, what? This is what I'm here for. Let's go. Okay. The last time the Wizards beat the Spurs in San Antonio was December 11th, 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound okay. real, but it is. It's I real. wasn't ready. Lost. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> they, they've lost. The Wizards lose in San Antonio tonight. That's their 22nd loss in a row. Wow. In San Antonio. How old were you in 1999? Can I ask you that? I don't even remember to be honest with you. <laughs> I know Young. I do know I do know Avery Johnson was playing. I know Avery <laughs> yes, Johnson had had to be out there on that team. Man, was David Robinson a rookie? There were there spot? are several players in the NBA who were not born yet. The last time, <laughs> right? Yo, that's so true. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is so true. Oh my god, you are so right about that, man. Wow, that is amazing. Wow. I mean, I don't the Spurs do it every year for me man like every time whether no matter what their record is or what it looks like they're a good team <laughs> they're a good basketball team they're well coached they they don't make all the stupid mistakes like they just played the game like people say playing the right way like they do that kind of style all the time but i don't care about none of that i only want to talk about my main man daniel gafford who you know i love <laughs> who is my guy. Shout out Daniel Gafford. I forget what he had tonight. I know he had like 11 and 7 or 11 8 in the first half. So I think he finished with 11 and 10 or something like that. I love Daniel Gafford. So anytime I get a chance to big up Daniel Gafford, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Shout out my man. Yeah, the Wizards starter shot the ball pretty well, and their bench was absolutely horrible, uh, like atrocious. Mm. So that mm. will never work against a Greg Popovich team that's disciplined from top to bottom. And True. DeJounte Murray, man, like – 
it didn't happen at the start of the season, but he's having some kind of ascent right now. I think that yeah. we're going to have to start talking about him a little differently if he can continues to put up 22-10-8 and uh, leading this, the young and developing Spurs to victories. He's looking yeah. real good. That that game winner, or I guess game sealer he had against the Celtics really put him on the map. Oh. He's continuing that momentum. Nice, very nice player. Very yeah. nice player. Only very one more true. Eastern Conference. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just, I said very true. And shout out to Thad Young. I think he has a lot to do with the development of that team. Former Pacer and Bull, Thad Young. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Legend. Legend. (laughs) Last Eastern Conference team to play today, the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on Luka and the Mavs. Uh, Mm. Except Luka played the rest of the Mavs. uh, (laughs) Where the rest of the Mavs, the Cavs destroyed the Mavs in Dallas, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Lowry, Lowry Markin, excuse me, uh, your former bull, 24 and 8, shot the ball very well from deep, 28 from Jarrett Allen, who might be sneaking in a take here. Look at you at the sauce. Might be sneaking in yeah. a take here. Jarrett Allen, Eastern Conference All Star. I mean, I, I like it. That is very possible. He's been great. Garland was great. Kevin Love gave him solid minutes. And if Kevin Love's giving you solid minutes, you're going to win. Ricky Rubio was a plus 30. Uh, the Mavs mm-hmm. couldn't make anything. Uh, that, that they just they only had 33 rebounds in the game. They got smoked on the glass. That's not going to get it done, especially when uh, when Luca's your only guy giving you more than 14 points. So shout out to the Cavs, man. They're way better than I thought they would be, and it's looking legit. I mean, we're 20 something games into the season now. They keep having impressive wins. They're a good team. Yeah, two things I want to say about this game. One, I was not shocked that Lowry Markinen had a great game. When Lowry Markinen goes up against Porzingis. I don't know why, but he just <laughs> takes that personally, man. I watched it while he was here. Starting, honestly, from his rookie season on, when he goes up against Porzingis, he really takes that matchup personally, man. And he balled out. I mean, what, 24 and 8? Like you said, uh, 5 of 9. Ooh, 5 of 9 from the three-point line. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff you thought Lowry Markin was going to be putting up for his career. You know what I'm saying? So he he always plays well against Porzingis and he always gives him the business. The second thing, like you mentioned, man, Luca was Luca, but man, you know, the Mavs are definitely predicated. The offense is predicated on the three point shot. Okay. Luca seven of 11. Okay. Porzingis. Oh, four Tim Hardaway. Oh, three Finney Smith. Two of six Brunson. Oh, of two Bullock. Oh, of three. Like, it's just not about to win if they're not hitting those shots. And what I've learned about watching uh, the Dallas Mavericks, shout out to my man John Sabine who put me on. But what I've learned about watching them is when Tim Hardaway Jr. is not scoring and he doesn't have that three-point shot, it's going to be a long day for, for those Dallas Mavericks, man. Because you're not going to stop Luka, but they can at least stop everybody else around him, man. But Tim Hardaway has got to be the one to get off if they're going to have a chance to win the game, for real. Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Porzingis combining for 15 points. That's not going to win you many games if you're no. Dallas. I mean, Luka can only do so much. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, I guess, a little surprising to see the Mavs lose that way. But again, I think these kind of games just continue to show me that the Cavs are, are actually like good. You know, early season, maybe the young guys were just popping off. But Evan Mobley's a beast. That, that team is actually good. Two late games, unfortunately, were more Eastern coasters, although not really your central time. But whatever. Western Western games way out west. Portland, Utah in Utah. Utah had some weird losses recently. They lost the Grizzlies on some late funky stuff. They lost to the Pelicans on a buzzer beaten three. They needed to come out and smoke a good team, and boy did they! They smashed the Blazers. They win by twenty two. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic and Anthony Simons were the Blazers' leading scorers. That should tell you everything you need to know about the Blazers in this game. 
<laughs> Utah got a bunch from Mitchell and a bunch from Gobert. I mean, that that was the Utah team that thinks they can win the West. They looked really good in this game. Yeah, man, Utah is always going to be an issue. For me, they're like the Nuggets. Like, they're always a threat, you know, in that Western Conference. They're always going to be a threat. But my goodness, man, can we talk about Dame Lillard? What is going on? Like, Dame Lillard has not been able to be consistent and put it together this season, and I don't know why. And it's upsetting to me because it's Dame Lillard. This is the man who don't love Dame Lillard. He put it together against the Bulls, and then after that, he went back home. Like, I don't understand <laughs> What's going on with him? But I really want him to get that together because you just know how special he is and how important he is to the NBA, man. That dude is worth the price of admission when he's on. So I just – I don't know what's going on with him, man, but I really, really hope he gets it together for sure. Yeah, he missed that game due to injury against Denver earlier this month. Then had five games after that, including uh, smashing your balls, where he averaged 28 a game and shot 46-40-98 from the field, right? That's the dame everybody knows. And then since then, 16 against the Warriors and uh, just 11 tonight. Very weird season for Damian Lillard. And in turn, a very weird season for the Trailblazers in general. They got zero from Robert Covington. That's not ever going to get it done. Yeah. So the Jazz just – I mean, the Jazz are so fascinating when they're on because, like, Mike Conley can yeah. only shoot four shots and have two points. But throughout yeah. the game, like, no shot they took felt bad. They are just so good at creating these good looks that – when they were on, they looked really good. Very impressive win for them. They they kind of needed it. And I still feel like they can win the West if they're they're healthy. I don't know if you agree, but they, they're a good oh, team. Yeah. Oh, I definitely agree, man. Like, they have all the pieces. Like, we saw them do it already. So why wouldn't they still be a threat to do it again? Like, they're just a absolute problem. And I think Ingles is also a crucial piece, man. When that guy is hitting his three-point shots, and I believe looking at it is, he was 4-8 tonight. Like, when he's hitting those three, especially from that baseline, when he's hitting those threes, man, like, it's it's – are hard to stop that team, man, because they are going to be good defensively. You know that. But Donovan Mitchell, Spider, is on a whole nother level, man. So he is special. And I don't like the way you said smash. Bulls got smashed. We we barely lost to Portland. <laughs> it wasn't no smash, all right? They, we, we didn't hit the three at the end from Zach Levine, man. I don't know about smash, though. I, I, I'm a little aggressive with my verb sometimes. <laughs> I got you. I, I got you. It. I got you. <laughs> uh, and then somehow at the end of the night, the MVP of the night, the very unexpected hero. Can't believe we buried this at the end of the show. Jonas Valanciunas, my wow. God. If you had him on your fantasy team, you're going to win this week. 39-15 against the Clippers. He was unreal. I, uh, I caught the second half of this because I was producing my own show. Right when I flipped it on, he had two straight possessions with an offensive rebound and then a bucket. He had seven offensive rebounds. That's more than the Clippers had as a team. Uh, so he was just punking them on the glass all night. Clippers, I mean, Paul George was unreal, but they just, mm-hmm. I mean, when Valanciunas is getting every miss and scoring around the basket, they had no chance. The Pelicans looked like way better team in this game. This is so crazy. Valanciunas isn't respected enough, in my opinion. I think he does something like this everywhere he goes. Like last year, you remember him, I remember him with uh, the Grizzlies. It, it wasn't a rare occurrence for him to have a 20-20 game. Like, like he was really that good. And now watching him have 39 and 15, seven of eight from the three-point line, mind you, is also insane. I really think he needs more love and needs to get more respect, man. But you mentioned those Clippers, too. They're a weird team to me. They're such a weird team because they can win a game and and they look like, you know what? These guys can make some real noise in the Western Conference. But when they play bad and they lose a game like this, you're like, you know what? They really need Kawhi Leonard. Like, like he, it's so weird for them, man. But I don't, I haven't been able to gauge it correctly for that team yet, man. But yeah, I don't know. 
the the Clippers are are good, I think, but they have to work so hard for their mm. shots. That's where I kind of get lost. Is like, man, they they just dribbled and screened and cut like crazy. And Ty Lue's a great coach. He he, yeah. he sets them up really well, but it takes so long for them to get a good look. And then because of injuries and because of what they've done this year, it's like, okay, you just worked hard for 17 seconds and now Amir Coffey is shooting. And, like, Amir Coffey's <laughs> not a bad player. He had two threes tonight. But, like, that's a lot of work for Amir Coffey to get yeah. up and three in the corner. So, yeah, I you know, we all know what their season's yeah. going to be without Kawhi. It's a, just a huge bummer for the NBA. But, you know, PG's yeah. awesome and, and can will them. I think they can make the playoffs still. Uh, they're sure. definitely talented enough. But they, they just have to work so hard to score that I think when a team can really laser in and scout on them, uh, they could be vulnerable, and like the Pelicans just destroyed them. Like Brandon Ingram was really good. We talked about Valanciunas already. And those two guys really did a lot of the work, but um, you know they destroyed them. Like they were up seventeen at halftime. I think the Clippers got it close once in the second half, but it, they just had to work so hard to do stuff that other teams can do so easily. And when when Valanciunas and Ingram can make it look easy, they they didn't have a chance. And I think it's also hard for the Clippers. When, and this is again, this is just my opinion. When you've got to depend on guys like Eric Bledsoe. And Reggie Jackson. Now, I'm a big Reggie Jackson fan. I like Reggie Jackson, but I know Reggie Jackson's limitations. I know what it is. But Eric Bledsoe has always, you know, kind of been a guy who you're like, man, he should really be better than what this is. And and it's never just consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like one game, he's got near triple-double. Next game, he can't buy a bucket. And it's so weird and strange. And they have to depend on both of those guys, you know, to score. And they have to depend on both of them to play well to win. It's been working sometimes. Sometimes it's not. But we'll see what it is going forward. But, yeah, Paul George, like you mentioned, he's been a stud. He's been amazing. He's been great to watch, man. So And Terrence Mann also, man. I, I like that kid too, man. He's nice. So, yeah, they're a fun team to watch, but they're just weird. They're definitely weird. I'll be tracking them a lot this season. PG is one of my favorites. Hope everybody made Lockdown NBA your first listen today and every day and enjoyed us together for the first time. Hey. I think we did a great job together. Go so. check out Lockdown Bets for your second listen today. Daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets with your boy Q. Expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Dave, what else you got from anything else today? Oh, man, just listen to Locked On Bulls. Check out myself, my man, Matt Peck. You can follow him at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow me at Bow Sports. And, yeah, check us out. Thank y'all for I listening. I love that. Oh, yeah, we have, you, cool. have to say it. you have to say it like Avery Johnson is saying it. That's the <laughs> way it works. <laughs> I, I have the dorkiest Twitter handle ever. I, I cover more leagues than just the NBA now. I just slapped NBA oh, in my yeah. name. And good to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter at T East NBA. And if you want to know why the Pacers are 9-14 and 14 and not better <laughs> than that, I got all the info you need over there. Tomorrow, John Corrales, Jake Madison, the Wednesday classic duo for years and years. will be back blessing your Locked in NBA feed. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Have a great rest of your day.